This week we are talking about website menus. It's the sexiest topic I could think of. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's important. It's uh, yeah, it isn't it isn't particularly a sexy topic, but it is one of these things that uh, we have to pay attention to. And I think something that it turns out a lot of people get like really really wrong. Um, so let's launch into it. I I was kind of inspired to talk about this. Um, after reading some things on Search Engine Journal. So the top line for all this is um, your website navigation should be should just satisfy users. Then it can optimize then you can optimize for for SEO performance. Um, but just always, always, always you have to be thinking how how does a person who visits this website actually want to use it? Yeah. Does that make sense um, to you? Makes sense to you. That, that's the main goal. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to make sure that the search engine can, by some means, get to all of your content, or you're going to have a problem. Um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe you should think about it as it has to satisfy both. I mean, ideally, you yeah. don't want to be favoring one over the other. Um but I think I think the this article from Search Engine Journal was reacting specifically against um, maybe overly trying to optimize for SEO and that causing yeah. just sort of compromise like human beings then look at these things and say like what is I don't understand the organization of this so it, it needs to be all of those things it needs to be intuitive and it needs to be something that a machine can index understand. Um, so in researching this topic, I found that like the front page of Google was just filled with uh, articles that all say the same thing. So I guess there's some <laughs> consensus around this topic, or mm -hmm. everybody just writes their article based on the number one search article on Google, and then <laughs> everything just ends yeah. up looking the same. Um, but I did dig a little bit deeper into some of these issues and, and found that there is, there is pretty much consensus around this stuff. Um, so first thing I thought was, was interesting, uh, came a blog post from orbit media. They were talking about, um, what your menu actually says. Um, so an, a good example that they give, and I think you see this a lot is they show like main navigation showing products, services about blog. Pretty yeah. common, right? See this a lot, yeah. But they replaced it, and this their example here is Navig Navco, a navigation company, and they replaced products and services with uh, compasses, chronometers, charts, and maps. So rather than saying here are our products and then burying what those specifics are underneath that, like elevate those products and services to the very top, so that you're it's making it really easy because. Nobody goes to your website for products. They go for a specific product, right? They want a compass. They want a map. They want whatever. If it's your services, it should be whatever services you offer. Um, so if you're a lawyer, it should be, you know, estate planning, um, contract review, whatever the services that a person is going to be looking for. Uh, in the case of our nonprofit clients, um, yeah, there's there's some specifics there. Um, uh, one one of the things that this post mentioned was uh, format based navigation as well. So just like putting up these sort of broad categories that no one's looking for is bad. 
it's also bad to be organizing things according to format. Um, so this would be like videos and photos or white papers yeah. telling visitors like the format of the content. Again, no one goes to a website looking for videos or for white papers. They're just going for a specific topic. So like our think tank clients should be organizing things according to category. Like if this is copyright policy, it should be noted as that. Not, I want to find the copyright policy under white papers. Um, I don't even think it's worth having like a, a separate way of navigating that's based on format. Um, maybe in like things like advanced search. We've seen that, right? It's, yeah, it seems like more of a search thing. Uh, so but, but you still see this, of course. Uh, but um, I think... That's where it uh, would really shine, and I would say it's completely um, applicable to use it uh, as a filter. Yeah. yeah, and I think if you have user evidence that users are looking for something, like I'm thinking about the typical use use case. So you have to you have to imagine who is visiting the website. Um, maybe they do want to like click on a video or an article first before they decide to read like your 40 page dissertation on whatever the topic is. Um, but I think you lay that out on individual like topic pages. I've seen think tanks do a very good job of this, of putting like video front and center popular articles, like, um, Someone's written something magazine length, either for their own blog, or maybe they've actually written something for a magazine. Maybe they've had like a piece appear in Forbes or something like this. Um, and that stuff is front loaded to give you the the quick version of this before you, because not everybody is going to want to invest the time into reading the long form thing. No, like our. Yeah. Our, our think tank clients, I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're appealing to people like in the press. Somebody might want a really easy to digest, like quick version of whatever this thing is. There might be somebody else who's writing a longer piece or really maybe is writing a lot about this topic. So they do want to invest the time into getting like a 20 or 30 or 40 page understanding of it. Um, but this, this comes from, um, this is just like assertion. Um, the Nielsen Norman group has done research on this and found that when things are organized according to category, like the things that somebody might actually be searching for, uh, you get more click throughs. That sort of stuff is used more by actual users than anything based on format. So format based navigation is just not what users are looking for. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, go ahead. sorry. Uh, um, you just finished. I want to go back to something once you're finished, but we can finish the, the format discussion first. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. I'm oh, done. Just, just if yeah, just if we go back to uh, the being descriptive part. Uh, from uh, if you go back to the Orbit Media um, article, we we had uh, like you said before, uh, the example given was a menu that said products, services, about, blog, contact, in the beginning, right? And yeah. they're saying this is very generic and common to hundreds or millions of websites. And better, it will be a descriptive navigation that includes relevance to both search engines and visitors, something like compasses, chronometers, charts, and maps. So these three things, uh, of course, really only fall under the products in the first menu. Uh, they still do include 
uh, de-emphasize about block and contact pair in the improved example. Um, so I, I think you have to be, uh, yeah, just but have they're to pushing uh, those like, so they're yeah. pushing those to a secondary type of menu. Like you often see yeah, the sort I, of like yeah, little top strip that includes that, or maybe even push it into the footer. It's, it's like a de-emphasized uh, menu there, but you have to always, uh, you have to always design this around the context of the website you know, what matters for the, this particular website. So here, this is a an e-commerce site, maybe something like Amazon. So maybe it's not that important in this case that the uh, visitor knows, you know, what they're about. But for a lot of sites, this is important and I would not de-emphasize the about menu. And it's probably okay to call it about because people recognize what that means. They just want to know more about the company. So I don't think it will be a good idea to be creative there. That's of course not the goal. It's the goal there uh, from Orbit Media was to just show an example of a descriptive menu. Uh, and I think about is descriptive for that. And that's why they kept it that way there. They just de-emphasized it. Uh, I'm not sure why they did that. Honestly, it could just be that the image is not big enough to hold everything or they want to show that for an e-commerce site uh, makes sense just to focus on the products. So that, that's on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, I just wanted to point that out because uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad to have about block and contact in your menu. It depends on the site, if it should be in the main navigation or not. Uh, but I think those uh, uh, titles are okay for those links. And, and they're showing that too. I just uh, I just noticed it had yeah. emphasized. So, and, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all based on what your goal is for the user to accomplish. Yeah. Um, but if you don't sell products, products and services online, um, like it's in somebody can't just sign up for that service or, or whatever, um, or maybe the yeah. service is like the only thing that's displayed on the front page. It really depends on your type of site. Right. Um, yeah, but then you I totally mean, someone, want those things to be. Yeah. I mean, someone selling compasses chronometers probably doesn't have to make a deep connection with a user. So I think it's okay to emphasize the app which and it's, it's some sort of a luxury compass or chronometer, but uh, for different types of uh, products, the, the about page might uh, might have uh, find a home in the main navigation there. Yeah, or, or I would think for a lot of e-commerce companies, they're also trying to establish that relationship in a lot of different ways. Like yeah. maybe you're, you're you're coming to their website not to sort of start that relationship, but to um, consummate that relationship by buying something, sure. you know, and, and, and the connection to them may have already been established by videos and blog posts and, um, you know, social media, you're posting, I don't know, this idea of a premium compass company is the example is sort of funny, but you know, you could be posting these things on Instagram and gosh, I really want that. Now I'm going to go through. So the, the purpose of the website is to close the deal. Um, not to, yeah. not to convey a ton of information or that's, that's secondary at least. Um, so the other thing I thought was, was interesting here is that drop down menus, um, drop down menus are considered really bad practice. Um, and I know that, I tend to like to avoid them, um, but I, I guess I hadn't I hadn't read the literature about how usability studies show that they're really really quite bad. Um, yeah. So, 
the theory behind this is that visitors move their eyes faster, faster than they move their mouse. Meaning that um, when they move their mouse to a menu item, they've likely already decided to click. So they see something like products and they think that, oh, that's the thing I click on. Uh, and when you hover over that and now something drops down out of it, they're not expecting that. Um, especially if, if the product link is something that they can't click, then they're really not expecting that. Like, oh, yeah, so yeah. Now this is, this is this other option. It's, Sometimes you can't so, click it. Yeah. And that's a, like a cardinal rule that, um, that Apple developed early in the, uh, human interface guide days, right. Was that if you set a clear, if the, if there's a clear expectation set for the user, don't defy the expectation. So if there's a thing in a menu, it ought to be something that you can click. Um, there's also a problem with dropdowns being something that depending on how they're done, how they're implemented on the site, it may not be indexed by search engines terribly well. Um, and that means that the sort of structure of the site that you're trying to convey with the menu you know, here are our four main sections and there are subsections to them um, is just lost because it takes some sort of a hover effect or a tap or whatever it is to get the menu to be exposed and the search engine is not going to index that properly. Um, yeah. But one no, type it, of drop down... It's getting better at that, but it does sometimes happen. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the, so the one exception to this is the mega dropdown. Um which offers a ton of options. And you typically see this on like e-commerce sites. Um, I'm thinking of um, going to supplyhouse.com to order plumbing parts for my bathroom renovation recently. And yeah. um, you're clicking some sort of ge generic word supplies or something at the top. Um, and it's, it's bringing down a huge block that covers up what's ever on the, uh, on the page, the individual product page you're on or the front page with an index of lots of things. And then it's showing you categories and subcategories all sort of like laid out for you there. Yeah. Um, users totally. like this because it's clear that you're not that, that whatever the word is that's used is implying that it's going to expose a menu. There's maybe even like a little down arrow next to it. Mm -hmm. So you're not defining the user's expectations. They understand, okay, this is going to open something up for me. And then, and then after that first click, they can get to whatever they want. And the purpose of having that like mega dropdown is that it is it is not taking up like inches of real estate on the display, um, so it just sort of tucks away and hides when you're not using it to navigate through the site. Yeah. So again, that makes yeah. sense. Like you're putting users first. You're establishing a clear cause and effect. Um, so mega dropdown is the way to go. Otherwise avoid it just have top level navigation and have people uh dive into subcategories after they click one of those things yeah there's a, of course a very specific use case for mega drop downs uh not everyone is going to be in a situation where they can use them but uh, i don't think it surprises anyone that that they are uh okay because i mean i i really like using them it's it's a nice experience you're it's like you're going through this uh, digging, you know, you're making like an excavation to find your item. It's uh, it's fun, I think. You go deeper and yeah. deeper, you're, and the uh, links get more and more relevant to what you're looking for. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a satisfying experience. Um, 
Yeah, and I think Amazon still uses this, right? In addition to uh, yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah, but it's so. it's a, a lot of really big e-commerce sites use it, and it's because it yeah. um it it performs yeah, it's mainly really an well. e-commerce thing. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure there are other examples where it's used, but I can't think of it now. Uh, I think like Newegg, Monoprice, these sorts yeah. of like nerd sites that I go to to buy electronic things. Yeah, that's all e-commerce, I guess. But yeah, no information sites you can think of. I'm not sure. But yeah, in any case, they're definitely yeah very much okay. Yeah, I read my news on apps, man. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Okay, what's the next sure. topic on our list? Uh, we have the order of uh, items, correct? Yeah, so um, there's there's two effects going on when it comes to the order of, of what you do with things. Um, this is sort of like, a, like what comedians talk about with their set list. Like they put the best joke last, the second best joke up front, or maybe vice versa. Um, but the idea is that people's memory of things or their impression of things are affected by two effects. One is the primacy effect, whatever is said first, because people mm-hmm. say, well, it's said first, it must be important, and whatever is said last. And this also yeah. uh, applies to things that just appear in a written list. So it's called the primacy effect and the recency effect. What's the first mm-hmm. thing I heard and what's the most recent or the last thing I heard? And so if... Um, if like you know you're one of our nonprofit think tank clients, you might be thinking about um, research areas is the first thing, and the last thing is donate, you know, or support us. Yeah. Um, and other things uh, appear in between that are that are less important. Um, maybe if if you run a, a an e-commerce site, you're putting your the most common thing. And maybe something that you want to emphasize uh, last. So um, anyway, you can strategize around that, building building the most important things at the top of the list and at the bottom of the list, and the stuff in between is sort of just lost in the middle of the sandwich. Um, yeah. Um, so it, there's sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's I mean, it's something to be cognizant of. I don't know how much weight one should put into this, especially if it makes you like order things in some way that's like less logical um yeah, thinking of our publisher client who has the, you know uh, high school times. middle school elementary school books you wouldn't want to like have those be out of order there's a certain like chronology there that makes sense um so again i don't think you should ever be like optimizing uh against sort of standard standard logic um so don't ever try to be like no. clever when you should just be obvious but so an action, exception here is, of course, when you have uh, a mobile menu, you you probably want to just pick the most important items. Uh, I guess you have very uh, limited real estate, so you want to pick uh, your th- three to five, I suppose, most important links, and just put them uh, at the top, and then followed by that all the uh, less importantly so not the last one is not important anymore because you probably have to scroll to, to see it uh but that, that's a different case because you have so few links so that's uh, 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 still relevant here i think because mobile is uh, you know always getting bigger i think for for many 
Marcus is already uh, the majority of the traffic, not for all, but um, so, I mean, of course, within that, those three to five links, you can still use this uh, this logic, but the first and last of those is uh, um, are important, but uh, you'll then have, if you have a large navigation menu, you'll then have links after that that are de-emphasized. So, uh, yeah. definitely don't want to put an important link at the bottom there. But uh, the the other thing to consider here is that the person who is navigating through the menus of your website is not somebody who is you're using that menu because you're trying to find something. You're trying yeah. to find something specific. You have a specific intention in mind. There's an end goal that's in your mind. All you want to do is get to it as fast as you can. Um, I think there's sometimes this impression that you are organizing the menu or organizing information on your website the way that like a grocery store organizes items where they put like the milk at the back. It's the most common thing you want to get. And they're hoping that you walk through the store and you say, well, I'll pick up bread. I'll get some fruit. I'm going to go by the deli. And you end up going in for milk and coming out with two dozen things. Right. Yeah. I don't, that does not apply to website navigation. Somebody wants to get to what they want to get to, and they're not going to like meander and wander around your site. Or there are at least better ways of enticing them into doing that other than the web, the website's navigation. I don't think the navigation should be where you are pushing people into content that you think they might find valuable, but it's not what they're seeking out. You know, instead, I think there's all sorts of opportunities like try to get them after they download your white paper or make that purchase uh, once they get to that completion page, tell them, here's our blog. Um, you know, here's the, one of the most recent posts on our blog, but subscribe to our email newsletter. Um, if you ordered this, you might be interested in that. Like that is the time to push the things that you want to raise awareness of. Um, but I don't think you do that by obstructing someone's path to whatever the thing is that they're trying to get to, or just, you know, needlessly kind of cluttering it up. Um, so anyway, that's that's something to consider. I think I've I've seen people try to use the navigation as as kind of like a place to advertise and push stuff. And it's like I think that's a very bad idea. I think you should go about that yeah. through other channels where it'll be more effective and not not upset people. Because the worst thing that you can do is in trying to push something that you don't have a lot of awareness of, you're hurting the thing that somebody really wants to get to. Um and so that's an important thing to think of when you're optimizing your website's navigation. You should be looking at your analytics every once in a while, seeing what people are clicking on, and it's a very simple set of things that you can do. Remove items that rarely get clicked on. Um, you can also move them. You can move them out of the main navigation into a footer or into some sort of de-emphasized secondary navigation that's at the you know at the top of the screen and smaller and so on. Um, you know, like you often see these things of, um, your footers should contain things that, that are like legally, you have to have your privacy policy, your terms of service, whatever else. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you find that there's other content that this people don't care about, um, uh, like you see a lot of people emphasize like their board of directors is right under their about page. Maybe that shouldn't be part of the navigation at all and, sh or should be like de-emphasized down to a footer for the small number of people who might be interested in it. Um, 
So everything in the navigation should be things that are like massively clicked on. Um, you may also consider re renaming or relabeling things that rarely get clicked. It may be that they are important and you see that a lot of people do want to get to them, but you have, you have things under some odd heading. Um, like rather than putting things under products, just emphasize those product categories, move those to the top, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Always look um, at your data and, uh, if something, if users are not navigating to your site like you expected, then try to find out why and experiment. See if you can make data look more like you thought it should be, what you thought would make sense for your site. So, yeah. Yeah, but so very things. few of our, uh, at least a lot of the clients that we start working with, seems like they haven't done that because they've been in that trap of, we only redo the menu navigation when we pay to redo the entire website. Mm -hmm. And that just locks you into, okay, then you're only responsive to data once every two or three or five years. Um, and that's yeah. bad. You can, you should, you know, you should always be pushing some new like redesign to the website with the eye towards, okay, now it's time to start measuring and validating the decisions that we made or invalidating them and changing. And so whatever you do needs to be flexible enough that you can change that navigation really easily. You know, change the names of things, reorder things, take things out, add things in. Um, so you talked about mobile earlier. And yeah. mobile navigation, I think, is still like, it, to me, it's, a, it's an unsolved problem for a lot of um, major retail sites that you think have like millions of dollars worth of reasons to get it right. Um, so, you know, you already mentioned like keep it simple you may even want to have mobile navigation have less um, options than your desktop navigation, especially if you can eliminate things that people are unlikely to do on their mobile device. Um, yeah. As in, uh, relevant examples aren't, aren't springing to mind, but you can think of some things that are just going to be more cumbersome to do on a mobile phone. And if that is the case, maybe de-emphasize those out of the main navigation um, went on mobile, but, uh, again, the Nielsen Norman group, uh, which does a lot of really great usability studies. So we're going to cite them all the time, uh, yeah. talks about like, avoiding the things like the hamburger menu. And for people not familiar with that term, it means that little three horizontal lines stacked on top of each other. That's often used as, I don't know, the icon for menu, I guess it's supposed to denote like a list of things. Yeah. Um, but just doing simple things like putting a down arrow there and the word menu instead makes it just super obvious to a person that that's the menu rather than having to click like your, your mind gravitates towards words, especially at the top. Um, so just adding that, that menu, um, takes the friction out of that experience and may, means that somebody is going to click into the next thing on your website rather than click the back button out of frustration, not knowing where to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, if, if you can, I think it's best if you can avoid hiding the menu at all and, and just have a horizontal menu, um, you're, you're probably have, going to have to do something uh, like uh, this is called, I think, priority plus menu where you uh, and just have a more button for the rest of the links that are not that important. Uh, so you, you just choose maybe one, two, three, maybe four links that you want to show. And you hide the rest because you're not 
it could be something like on the side we talked about earlier in the orbit media example where they they practically hit the uh, about contact and block they they really de-emphasized it uh because they don't think uh th those are important for that particular site uh so then you have an, especially an on mobile uh, the person might be on mobile because like something just broke yeah. down that they have and they want to order the mm -hmm. new thing or they want to quickly get to read whatever they want to read on the site mm -hmm. and it's going to be part of that main navigation that's categorized rather than oh what's your latest like blog offering you can reach somebody yeah. on mobile better by they're going to they're going to see your latest blog post via Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, or you just sent out your email newsletter to them and they're going to read it that way. Uh, it's yeah. highly unlikely that they're going to be navigating to you for that. Yeah, so I, I think this is a clever solution. Priority plus being put the priority first and then you have a plus to collapse, to expand the rest of the links. But uh, you, you also have to be careful uh, not to choose too many because for, for the priority part because uh, they also need to be you need to be able to uh, tap them with your fingers, so they have to have some uh, some real estate each each link, so that you don't accidentally. That's always uh, something you have to think about as well. Yeah, it's so you don't want them to be tiny and pushed together. Yeah, I mean it's great so that you, it's, uh, you have to have the world's smallest fingers. Yeah, it's great that it's not hidden because you don't have to make that extra tap just to show the menu, and you have it in front of you immediately, but. You definitely don't want to instead make the user uh, likely to tap the wrong links, so they then have to tap back and and attempt again. That's that's much worse than just having a, a hidden menu. Then that has a menu label on it. Uh, but but done done right, I think you know an unhidden horizontal menu on a mobile device. Yeah, it's possible. You can do it well, but uh, it, it's not easy. So. I, I still see the hamburger menu a lot today. And like you said, it's, I guess the mobile menus are not fully solved yet. It's a difficult problem. There are so many devices. Uh, so sometimes you may just have to look at your data and see, okay, I'm, I'm just going to mainly optimize for these devices because most of my target market uses this device. You know, we, we both know there's a, a, it's very possible to do that. There's a lot of people using uh, particular brands and you may just want to optimize for their experience. Uh, but that's not always the case, of course. Um, so the hamburger menu does have its place. It's, it's very uh, compatible with probably every device because the menu, once expanded, you just have the full width of the phone, however small or big it is. And it's very hard to do it uh, uh, poorly. It's always going to be mediocre, I would say. But it's hard to make uh, a very bad hamburger menu. Would you agree? It's uh, yeah, yeah. And that's why it's that's why it's used a lot. But I mean, yeah. a lot of these things get solved by paying attention to the data and being able to switch this stuff all the time, right? Like you're you're going to evolve into the right place by just following the data and getting rid of things that don't work and putting in things that do. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of this should uh, be about like reading a best practice and then like getting your menu lined up according to what experts say. I mean, that should be how you start. And then again, like pay attention to the data and be willing to change. I mean, you don't want to change it every day. Uh, so, I mean, most users of, uh, well, I don't want to say most sites, but 
for a lot of sites, most users are new users, not uh, returning visitors. So I wouldn't worry too much about confusing uh, your uh, repeat users when you're changing things. I'm not saying you should do it every day, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of, uh, you know, changing things a little bit uh, every month, every quarter, because most users are, you know, the sites that I've been working with are uh, new visitors, so it doesn't really matter. And I think if you make things clearer, your repeat visitors will appreciate it anyway. But, you know, don't yeah. do it every day. That's you, do, you won't have enough data to work with anyway. Then you, you have to wait a little bit depending on the traffic to the site. Uh, you may have to wait a month or a quarter to get data that you can work with. That just depends on uh, your volume. Yeah. And most of the organizations that we work with probably just don't even have the bandwidth to do it that often. No. You know, like how how much how much time can they dedicate towards like looking at the data, trying to make sense of it, and saying how do we make a change? Probably quarterly, maybe a couple times a year, is the most that they'd want to do it. And yeah. Um, yeah. So your mileage may vary. I mean, you get a ton of traffic, and it's going to make a big difference to you. Then you've got more incentive to get it right. You might yeah, want to you, do it more. You'll often. have more incentive also if you're selling something versus if you have an informational site. So there's a lot of different nuances to how often makes sense to do this. But uh, yeah, it's on case by case basis. But do it sometimes. I think that's that's definitely, you know, once a year at least, I think is good for everyone. Yeah, so from a super um, modern problem of hamburger menus and how much do you put in, how much navigation elements do you put onto mobile? I want to talk about something that I, I guess I thought was a little bit old school before I started reading about it again, uh, which are breadcrumbs. So breadcrumbs, for people not familiar with the the term, uh, you see it on Amazon and lots of other retail sites, especially uh, where it's showing you where you are kind of in the tree of, uh, of categories, right? So I'm looking at uh, new dishes for my kitchen. I'm in Amazon and I'm looking now at... Uh, uh, home and kitchen, uh, flatware plates, you know, might be the area that I'm in, in terms of the navigation. Uh, I guess some of this seems like there, it seems like a lot of modern sites aren't using this, but it is a good practice. If you are, if you do have highly structured data like that, where it's like nested categories within categories within categories and people are drilling down and maybe getting to the wrong place and needing to go back up, it's a, it's a quick way for them to pop back a level or sort of change the path that they're on. I mean, breadcrumbs are named for Hansel and Gretel leaving yeah, breadcrumbs behind that, right? them to find their yeah. way back. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Um, so, um, yeah, you may, need to, you may need to find your way back. Um, yeah, it's, uh, for the sites like we were talking about earlier with the uh, Mega drop-down, that kind of site. But... It doesn't make sense if you just have one top-level navigation because you would just be saying home uh, about, home contact, home log. That doesn't help you much go back anywhere. <laughs> so Yeah, and you may, uh, not, you may not want to have that, that navigation element, like the breadcrumbs appear at all on those pages. You may want them no. just to be enabled for those things where you're diving deep into that structure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's helpful. Yeah, but a, go a good way of... Um, a good rule of thumb is like always make it clear where the user is located on the site. 
And with things like the about or contact page, it may be as simple as just changing the like current page highlight color. You know, that's that's highlighted brighter white than the rest of the menu sure. items. So you can say like, oh, Bolded I'm on the or, contact uh, page. Some obvious way. Yeah. Um, it's also pretty obvious when uh, the page has the word about at the top, but uh, whatever. Sure. Um, okay. I also want to talk about um, talking about those, those, uh, those uh, like nested categories and that sort of like highly treed part of your website, right? Um, cross-linking is another important part of your website navigation, conveying, conveying the structure to Google and giving it this sort of juice. Um, so what's the best way to explain this? So you've got these things that are, that are like highly nested, highly categorized and structured, uh, but you may be writing about them all the time on like your blog. Um, so it's good to be cross-linking those things and making those links like two ways. Um, there might be dynamic ways of doing this. Like if you write a new blog post about your, uh, awesome new compass that you're selling, or you write a blog post about a, a white paper that you've just posted, like deep within the category structure of your website, uh, you should be linking to those things in the blog, but conversely, you should be, uh, linking to the blog from those white paper sites because maybe somebody gets a link to that white paper and they go like, Oh, this is a lot to read, right? This is a 40 page of reading investment. I don't know if this is even exactly about the topic that I'm researching. Uh, but if it says, you know, recent posts about this paper, uh, and that's set up, that's set up to be something that, that um, the user doesn't really have to think about if the, if a blog just like happens to link to it, maybe the website recognizes that and links back. Um, that can really help. It can help to uh, spread the incoming links from that blog post deep into that category structure. It can take links to that category structure and help promote the blog because they're cross-linking there. Um, and it's again like serving the user by giving them the content that that that, it, that they want. Um, oops, I found something that's way too much of an investment. I can get to something that's shorter. Um, so. You know, blogs to products, products to blogs. Whether whether you have an information product or a physical product that you're trying to sell, um, you know, just keep creating high quality content and link back and forth. Um, the other thing that uh, Search Engine Journal brought up was like tracking parameters within these menus, um, like on-click event handlers. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of like tags and tracking things that can end up um, screwing up how this navigation operates, uh, and especially how it's indexed by search engines. Um, yeah. So you, I think uh, keeping things simple. Yeah. From uh, Google Analytics, yeah. Yeah, and so, so we're getting way into like the technical thickets of things. But the other thing is to avoid. Sure. JavaScript. If you don't know about that stuff, it's just something to put on a list and ask a de developer about. Um, you know, are we using a lot of JavaScript to expose menus and links and things like that? Um, try not to do that. Try to make it just simple HTML that's super easy for machines to read. Uh, and most likely, avoiding JavaScript is also going to mean that you're avoiding a lot of the elements that usability studies show are bad. 
Like you're not using drop downs and hover effects and things being exposed and things unfolding, especially these menus where you have to hover, 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 hover to like drill down into them. And then if you slightly move the mouse wrong, the menu collapses back yeah. on itself and you, you're no longer where you want to be. So uh, avoid those sorts of things. But um, We've covered a lot of ground here. I think uh, yep. these are some good, like getting back to basics. We want to cover this stuff on upcoming episodes. Uh, we're going to try to cover both tactics like this, like the sort of ground level stuff that you've got to get right along with strategy about what to write about, how to organize your content, that sort of stuff. So um, I hope this was useful. I'm going to punch all this stuff up into the show notes um, and provide links to everything that we've talked about today. Uh, so if you're interested in this stuff, if it makes sense to you, if you think you can execute it, uh, for your own website, uh, click into the show notes and it should bring you links to, uh, all these different, uh, blogs and websites that we've cited.